Welcome to Put Em On The Glass Podcast. I am James, the ghost set killer, and I am here to welcome you to this day's show with Bob Baranek. If you don't know who he is in the auto glass industry, well, <clears throat> you're probably living under a rock because he is one of our forefathers of the industry. He's helped write legislation. He has put together groups. He has a teaching facility. He's been very influential in our industry. So um, today's show is brought to you by Drift Chris, the uh, distributor of the Pro Set. Um, if you need your Pro Set, get a hold of him. He is your one and only distributor that you need to know. Um, stay tuned after the show and we'll get you some more information on that. So without further ado, Bob Baranek. Hey guys, uh, welcome, and today's guest is... Bob Baranek. Alright, Bob, what do you got going on? Uh, you are AGU, you are Autoglass Consultants, you sit on all of the boards for the AGSC, you're a judge in the Autoglass Tech Olympics, uh, you've been in the industry since, what, 1922? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, come on, kid. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually 1973. I started as an installer out of college. Oh, well, I mean, just a little bit longer than I've been alive. So only about five years. So. <laughs> uh, I'm fortunate. Uh, you're my boss when it comes to the AGU and uh, having you there as the wealth of knowledge when I get stuck when I'm teaching, you're just a phone call away. And it's your experience and your knowledge and your want to know more and better things just has benefited me immensely let alone the industry i think i think agu is one of those things that was a brainchild of mine and my wife in that we wanted to make it completely unbiased not showing favorites of any kind of glass any kind of adhesives, any kind of tools, give everybody a chance to show their product and let the students make decisions based on what they touch, feel, smell, taste, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, and I think we've succeeded in that. We show the products, we give them a chance to put them in their hands and uh, give them the pros and cons, uh, talk to them a little bit about their business plan, because most of the students are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They're either starting a new business or they're going to enhance their current business by adding autoglass replacement. So they're there not just to learn, you know, what a molding clip is and what a cold knife is and what a, a setting tool is. They're, they're trying to also find out about how do you price appropriately? How do you uh, do marketing? How do you, know, on, on a dime, mm -hmm. how do you do this? How do you do that? So you and people like you, Aaron Bradford and, Alfredo Calva and Zuzu Mondadat, 
all of you guys come with that knowledge right there. And so you're very valuable as instructors, and it's why Ann and I have chosen you guys, and you guys have been nice enough to be involved with it. Uh, we're, we're very proud of all of you. Well, thank you. Uh, we definitely, awesome. I know coming from just having a podcast with Zuzu and Aaron Bradford and I are extremely close. We talk daily. Uh, we d- we put in so much work just to make you proud because, you know, there's a lot riding on your reputation and we just don't want to let you down. That is for sure. So we got to keep up on everything. So we're razor sharp when we come into those classrooms. Well, when we when I talked to you guys originally, that's what I got from you is you, what my strength is, is the not know what your all philosophy, but asking the questions, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, when I walk into a room with a chemist or if I walk into the room with a lawyer or I walk into the room with a class expert or a chem, any of those guys, I go in there as a complete novice and I ask questions and I research and I find out what's really the, the nuts and bolts of what we do. Mm-hmm. And, and I've tried to incorporate that into AGU and you guys, when we, when we first talked to you and, and looked at you as possible instructors, that's what we saw. We saw every one of you, having that curiosity of learning more and never saying, I know it all. Yeah. It's the first, the first thing that would turn us off is the guy who says, well, I've been doing it for 40 years and I know everything there is to know. Yeah. That's, that, that's the kind of person that will immediately turn me off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're all students in life. I mean, if you think you figured it out, you're wrong. Cause it'll throw a curveball at you. <laughs> Absolutely. Positively. You're right there. So with talking about that, Damon and I have had conversations off the air and a little bit on the air. I want to know from somebody with your expertise, when there's an accident, you put the windshield in that car and there's an accident. At what point do they start researching the company that put in the glass? Is it right off of the bat, the CSI on the scene? says, okay, well, that windshield didn't perform what it's supposed to. Let's see. Oh, it was aftermarket. And then they go down that route. Um, how does that work? How does that unfold? Well, first, I suppose we should make the disclaimer that I am not uh, an attorney. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't make that disclaimer. One, yeah. I don't even play one on TV. Yeah. Um, <laughs> however, I have been involved with probably two to three dozen court cases and then I've talked to dozens of different attorneys about multiple things. I've talked to first responders at accidents. Um, I have friends who are first responders. So, again, going back to the research, I ask questions. So, when does the accident turn into a litigation? That's, that is something that is probably kind of a a hard answer because there are some first responders who are very 
knowledgeable in how a car is supposed to perform in an accident. Mm -hmm. So the police or the fire department or an accident reconstructionist, all of these guys might be knowledgeable enough to call attention to the fact that the glass is missing. Then there are hundreds of those that don't know that. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of luck of the draw, to be honest. And only maybe a, a, a ambulance chasing attorney might know a little bit more about it. Uh, because that's their job. They're trying to market their business and drum up business. So they sometimes know it as well. So if, for an example, they're involved in a collision that another car um, caused and they uh, talk to their attorney, the attorney might say, well, you know, there was an accident, but you know what? Your windshield's missing. And with that windshield missing and the injuries you have, we can probably get you some money in terms of taking care of you in the long term. That's where it basically comes up. Okay. Do, does that, Bob, does that like more of an after, like that attorney might see it in a picture oh, hey, look at your windshield was missing. And is that too far beyond the point of it should have been already addressed and dealt with? Well, the the point is, is if that attorney is familiar with glass and how important it is to the structural integrity of the car, and he sees an, a picture in the paper, he might very well call the, the uh, victim and offer his services coming up with the basis of an improper auto glass installation. Um, and so then they will call an expert witness such as myself and see if there is anything that would, uh, that we could see in the accident that was either the fault of the installer or it was just, you know, the deer crossing the road kind of a thing. So it could very well not be the installer putting it in. It could be other extenuating circumstances. And, you know, don't forget, 212 is got the crash test of only 30 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. So if the car is going 70 or 80 miles an hour down the interstate, there's a whole different dynamic put on that particular accident. Okay. Yeah, it changes everything, right? Yeah. It does. Okay. Um, and then at what point during the process, let's say you were called as an expert witness and you gave your testimony stating that, you know, given the parameters, it looks like it was a not so good installation. It was a shoddy installation. So at that point, the litigation, does it turn to the owner or the the owner of the company or the installer now that's another very good question um let's say it'll it usually goes to the owner of the company okay primarily because of the money okay that the installer has little or no liability insurance that would uh reimburse the victim however 
if, for an example, that technician was trained and he didn't follow his training, then a district attorney can literally look at it as um, a homicide. So it, it, it could carry criminal oh. charges. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If, if the district attorney wanted to go there, mm-hmm. he could he could he could go go with uh, um, involuntary manslaughter, or it could go to all, all kinds of different things. Due to negligence, is that what they would yeah. say? Okay. Yeah. Okay. They would they would obviously throw his training credentials in there. If he was never trained, well, then it would go back to the owner. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. or it would go somewhere else. But if he had any training, uh, maybe even riding in a truck with somebody, and they did not follow the proper procedures as written down by, you know, Honda, Chevy, Ford, mm-hmm. or not do anything according to the adhesive manufacturer's instructions, they could literally go to jail. But knock on wood, it hasn't happened yet. But a district attorney, if he wanted to, he could. Okay, do you see that becoming more of an issue now with ADAS, with the lane departure warning and the forward-facing camera? Do you see that now becoming more of an issue where they'll start looking closer at the windshield during accidents? Well, there's the ADAS has just added more safety issues mm-hmm. you know a windshield or a stationary part is structural obviously it also helps other safety devices to work properly now adding ADAS you've got a forward-facing camera you've got all kinds of electrical systems built into it you've got the rear view mirror you've got the rain sensor on some You've got uh, brake heating elements in the BMW. You've got a million and one different little things that, if not done properly, could come back to haunt you. Absolutely. And do I think it's going to increase? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons insurance companies are starting to charge more for car insurance because they can see it. Their actuaries sit down and say, hey, guys, <laughs> we got issues here. Yeah. So isn't the insurance companies the one leaning on these car manufacturers to bring these safety features to market this fast as they brought them? Or is it just car manufacturers wanting to produce a safer car? Oh, it's all of the above. Okay. Uh, I think the insurance companies will obviously see less claims mm-hmm. because the, the ADAS systems will uh, prevent serious injury. It will prevent accidents. So that's going to reduce claims. But it's also a, a, uh, a not-at-fault auto breakage is going to cost substantially more money than what it did before ADAS. Okay. Okay. You've got a, you've got an extra cost that's in some cases double what it used to be. 
Mm-hmm. And 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 the one thing with a car accident <clears throat> with ADAS, the ADAS can prevent it. A rock off the road, you can't prevent it. Mm-hmm. It's a that's why ins- auto glass is under the comprehensive side of insurance. Oh. It's an act of God, oh. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a not at fault accident, so it can't be. It, but it's now doubled in cost. Now, will that reduce uh, the claims? Not in glass. It's going to increase the claims on the comprehensive side. Will it reduce the cost of um, uh, collision side? Yes, it will. And it will definitely save lives. Okay. So NHTSA and, and the government and the insurance companies are all looking at that as a plus. Car makers, the same way. It's a plus. Now, going back to the research of the accident, um, you know, with the eight ass and everything like that, they're going to focus a little bit more into it. But the cars, are, are they equipped now with, which I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it as if, are they equipped with such called black box? So they can tell if that eight ass featured operated exactly at the time of the accident. And if so, if that's related to the camera that it didn't react, is the windshield uh, installer who installed that, now liable for that piece, even though they might not have calibrated it. Okay, I, I didn't quite follow that whole question. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, you're fine. There was a lot of information there. Okay, so black box or information center of the car that tells everything that's happened at the point of impact. And, yes, they do. Okay, so now with that being said, that they have that, and it shows that the ADAS forward collision camera did not operate properly they go back they see that the windshield has been replaced is the windshield company liable for that yes yeah that's what i thought even though they don't calibrate it um yeah the the point is too is that the obd part will say uh when it was scanned whether there were faults in that scan and whether those scans were erased, whether it was fixed or not. Yep. Okay. So let's say uh, you had a wheel alignment. Okay. And you scanned it. You pre-scanned it. Needs a wheel alignment. You didn't wheel align it. Then you calibrated it. It will show that you erased the re- the. Uh, wheel alignment to get it calibrated and so now you are going to see that there was no wheel alignment put on that car so the calibration does not come back as accurate Mm -hmm. so is that going to go back to the calibrator absolutely now will it go back to the glass installer that depends Mm -hmm. you have to you have to look at ADAS as a separate inter- industry that happens to be associated with glass. Okay. Much like windshield repair. Okay. Windshield repair is a separate industry, but it's associated with auto glass companies because auto glass companies thinks it's an excellent add-on. Mm-hmm. You get it? Yep. 
I sure do. So, you know, those kinds of things are something that if you are a glass replacement company, but you third party out a calibration and they do it incorrectly, there's a chance that they're the ones who are going to be sued, not the glass company. Okay. Yeah. Will but... will the glass company be called into court? Absolutely. But you, the glass company can easily say, well, I didn't do it. Okay. I, I subcontracted it out. They assured me that they were insured to do good jobs in calibration. That was it. So the glass company may be found not at fault, and the calibrator would be. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I can see where the benefits of subbing it out, but I also see the benefits of keeping it in-house like we do um, because we stand behind what we do, and, and we do our best to make sure everything's... Uh, you want to make sure you keep those scans too. You don't want to, you know, you want to make sure you keep all your scans and you make sure you're pre-scanning and post-scanning just to try to close that window of liability. Cause Bob, isn't that all we're doing is just trying to just sure up a little, take less to have less. We're liability. Trying, yes. We're trying to save lives and yeah. save injury. Yeah. And along with that, <laughs> excuse me, I got a little frog in my throat here. Um, there's, but what goes with that is liability protection as much as you can. Uh, whenever you go into business, you can be called liable for something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, in my class, I say the day you're born, you could be sued because you left the dirty diaper and somebody slipped on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The point is, is that you can never be completely free from liability. You can only reduce the percentage of liability. If you've ever been involved in a civil lawsuit, the jury comes back with a percentage of fault. If there are numerous uh, uh, plaintiffs or numerous defendants, the plaintiff is, or the judge, or the jury, excuse me, the jury is going to come back with, okay, uh, glass company A is uh, thirty percent at fault. Calibrator B is forty-five percent at fault. Uh, installer George is blah blah up at fault, mm -hmm. and then that's how the money is built out. So the whole point is to reduce that percentage of liability. To reduce, to reduce that liability, you need to have control. If you give up control, you give up your liability. What do you mean by it's control? Controlling the installation from front to back. There you go. That I, I was thinking that as you were saying all that, Bob, I'm just like sitting here trying to be a sponge, but it seems like really the reality of it is the only way to control your liability and probably repeating what you said is for you to do the job from A to Z. Absolutely. And if possible, under your uh, observations, 
See, I don't necessarily believe in mobile service anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just, I was born a mobile technician. I loved being a mobile technician. I loved the freedom. I loved the, the open road and the interaction with the customers. But now, when I started, there was no safety standards in, in our minds. All we cared about is getting the class in leak-free. Yep. Now you have federal motor vehicle safety standards. You have uh, vehicle manufacturers safety standards. You have the anti-aggress standards. You've got ADAS requirements. You've got so much on the line as a business owner and as an installer that you've got to have control. And that control starts with educating yourself on how to perform your job correctly. Exactly. Training. You can't just wing it. If you want to have control and sure up that, reduce that liability with that control, you want to make sure that you're educating yourself and your employees that you're over top of, that they understand that they need to do X, Y, and Z and why they need to do X, Y, and Z to save lives. And that's how you control it. I'm glad you added that word, why, James. Why is so important for anyone to faithfully complete the job properly. Without a why, it's like, because I told you so. It's like telling your kid, don't do that. Why? (laughs) Because I told you so. You know what I mean? I mean, not the go-to answer. Why? Because I told you so. Well, why? You've got to have the reasons why to get your students and your uh, people that are your employees to listen to you. Without a why, it means nothing to them. And that will mean that they will not follow through without uh, supervision constantly. Well, also, it'll when they're in that position, when they're eight jobs deep, it's five o'clock, they're ready to go home, and they could literally throw this eighth one together, knowing that lingering why in the back of your head is going to keep you doing the job correctly at that crucial moment when you want to just be done. And you're like, That's correct. I won't be able to sleep at night tonight if I know that I cut this corner and these people could potentially be in harm's way. So I, I, I'm 100% behind that. That's, that's a great philosophy. Absolutely. I think there's a conversation in differentiating. I don't know if differentiating is the right word, but you might know why, but do you care? That's, that's the, that's the other important thing of a business owner and or a trainer to get across is why is important. And the reason it's important is because this will be the result. And if you don't care about your fellow man, you shouldn't be doing this. Go flip burgers or go do something else. Because I, you know, I, I, I say this in my classes too periodically. I have, two very close friends who are firefighters 
And I asked them, how many people have you pulled out of a burning building? And they said, none. I said, okay, but you guys have a reputation of saving lives and property. And yet, us autoglass guys, we just make sure that somebody's crotch isn't wet. That's, the, that's literally the philosophy in the mind. It's the philosophy of the minds of the consumer. We've got to tell them with no uncertain terms that we save their lives. Yep. And we, and I can honestly say that I have saved hundreds of lives through my training and through my installation procedures. And I'm very proud of that. Oh, yeah. You know, never said. To, to, to go back, whatever it was, Bob, 20 years back in Reno, um, and a couple of, a couple of dinners with you at the hotel and, just, you know, watching you teach there, there's things that I still think today that that stick with me. And I've always been a proponent of doing the job, right? So, you know, what you're doing is influential. And, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's helped me to do the job, right? So I guess in, because this is my livelihood, I, I guess I could say thank you to you, you know what I mean, for, for doing what you do and being, you know, inspirational to people that really do care and care about the why and teaching those things. And, you know, the, the other thing that's a misnomer that's not very well communicated is that doing it right doesn't take that much more time. <laughs> I, I hate that. Sounds, that. Like, we, sounds I, okay. like we have this conversation a lot, James. Yeah. Okay. So like, I hate that when it's like, okay, why aren't you pulling the cow? Why aren't you doing this? Oh, because it takes up too much time. And it's like, yeah. okay, five minutes less of <laughs> driving or, you know, five minutes more of doing this takes a little bit away from it. At the end of the day, overall, you're still getting done in a reasonable time. And it doesn't take that, especially if you become efficient at your job, you will be faster yeah. than that person who does not pull the cow. I'm sorry. You will. It, I'm you know, it, it, what happens when you're part of the process? What happens if you don't pull a call and you mess up somewhere and there's a mess <laughs> you have to clean up or you're not being able to cut it out because it was replaced once before and there's a big gob of urethane down there? Oh, yeah. And you're trying to cut corners, but now you can't. You can't even get the glass out yeah. because the previous guy didn't pull a call. So now you're, the five minutes you saved by not pulling the cowl turned into 20 minutes wasted on a, on a previous installation. And we've all been there and done something yes. where, where you think, oh, I'll just, not windshield related, but just anything. Oh, I'll just take me a second. I'll just, I won't do this so I can do it. And then you sit there 30 minutes later, you're like, son of a bitch. I should have just... <laughs> done it the way i should have done it right and i yeah. would have been done by now it's like so yeah. you've yeah. wasted all that time right exactly correct it's exactly correct you know what drives me crazy it, is waiting flash times on chemical products is these urethane manufacturers have actually got their products so good that they've reduced it down to mere minutes that you have to wait a minute two minutes, you know, three minutes flash off time at the most, if it's not a poor surface and different things, temperature related, but they have taken the time to help you shorten your job up 
and these guys still aren't waiting. And it's like, do you not understand solvent pop? Do you not understand how that works? You haven't given it time to flash to give it time to do its job. A new chemical that's wet goes on top of it. It creates a solvent pop. Now you've got a leak. Just wait the extra two minutes, man. Come on. <laughs> you know, if, if you look if, if you look at productivity, which is what every business owner looks at, is when, you know, the more I can put on my installer, the more money I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's a true yep. statement. Yeah. The point is, is that I, I, I tell a story that I was once, when I, for the old company I used to work for, they sent me out with, with the installer of the year in our company. Mm-hmm. And he was, he did like 2,000 windshields a year. His callback rate was like 0.75. Oh. He had with, he had all of the customers sending uh, sending back comment cards raving about this guy, and you wonder how could he put in that many windshields in a year, and with a callback rate that low, we need to clone him, man. We need to find out what he does. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm thinking, well, he's cheap. He yeah. must be cheating. Mm-hmm. So I went out and I rode with him for a week. And this guy was just the most organized, uh, not a wasted step, not a wasted movement, but he never hurried. You'd you'd swear that he was always in a hurry? Never. (laughs) He knew where all the detours were. He knew all of the back roads. He knew all of the, he, he had his tools all in place with outlines on them. So he knew where to put them. He knew what tools to take to the car, what urethane, what, mo- he knew everything. And uh, I, I sometimes like to make small talk while I'm walk, uh, riding with the guy. He says, Bob, you know, I, I don't want to be rude, but I don't like to small talk. I go, what do you mean small talk? He says, I'm trying to think of what I need to do on the next job. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And wow. your talking to me is, is taking my train of thought away. And so if you don't mind, if you could just sit there, I would appreciate it. <laughs> how awkward how awkward was the ride after that conversation right it, actually it wasn't awkward at all i you just know? sat there and took notes and i'm telling you this guy was amazing you know, he was a, amazing just saying they they taught us in the police academy when it came to to shooting it and slow is smooth and smooth is fast yep so if you're quick to draw and and quick on target, you're going to be off. But if you're slow to draw and you're smooth to target, and it's just one fluid motion, you're you're going to be right on right on point. So I think that's correct. In a, in a in a nutshell, that's what you're talking about, right? He just he was slow, but he worked smooth, and that just equaled he was just fast. He was efficient. That's right. Efficiency. You would you would never think that this guy could put. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. I'm sorry. You're good. Um, 
you would never think that he could possibly put in that many windshields in a year. You just couldn't. You, you, you can't fathom it. Yeah. But he he did. And, and you wonder how. Well, obviously, it was it was a I'll framework by today. which I built some of my training from my old company. Mm-hmm. And so we built that around and we were able to lower our company callback rate of about four and a half percent down to two percent in one year. One year. Wow. That's amazing. That's a hell it of was, a turnaround. It was. Yeah. And so it was it was one of those things that that I use in my training is fast is not what you are trying to do here, guys. Right, yeah. quality is, is is what we're doing. Quality makes profit. Efficiency is is very important too. Absolutely, you can never charge for a callback, can you? No. <laughs> and you know, I'm sure James. But you're always your time is you're all, you have to pay the guy's hourly rate or whatever. So it's it's always a cost. So keep the callbacks down, and you're going to make money. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean to throw out, throw myself in there, Bob, but I was going to say, and I'm sure James has seen it, and I'm sure you probably see it, Bob. You know, you see these vans, and you go to the the the, the distributors, migrant or PGW, whoever it is. And I used to purposely try to just walk by people's van and just look at them, and I would just be amazed, like, how how do you even function? <laughs> oh yeah. Right? So you know, you know what kind of product that person is providing for and most of them were subcontractors so they're so they're doing work for these i call them call centers you know that just answer the phones and distribute the work to call centers that you know just it's quality quantity over quality just as many as we can get done we're going to try to get as many jobs as we can hope we hope we don't have any warranties and get as many as many five-star google reviews as we can that's right. And in the process, we're going to give that customer hundred and whatever dollars and free meal to some restaurant. You know, they're they're buy, they're going to buy their, they're going to buy that customer at a at a small rate. Well, you got her there. Yeah. Also, what you Damon was trying to say there, guys, is make sure your vans are organized. Make sure you're not pulling up with things falling out. Make sure that you know where your tools are. Make sure that you know your route around the car. Be thinking about the next job. Organize your tools. You don't. It doesn't take a lot of money to organize the tools you have. You don't have to have the big Milwaukee setups like what I have. But your tool bo- There's no excuse for your toolbox to be unorganized, no matter how much money you have. I, it, you just. Yep. It don't take a lot of money in this industry to be in it and be good at it. The tools will come and the but efficiency and organization you can do a lot more with that than you can do with a bunch of money and a bunch of cool tools that aren't organized and even even the customers are impressed yeah the the cleaner that truck looks they they're amazed yep when it's well organized and clean they so you do auto glass work that can't be. Look at how clean your your truck is. Yep. And people and people like that, they they compare, they compare to oh well the last time the guy was here, or the last guy that did it, he said this, he did that, or you should have seen his vehicle compared to yours, right. man. 
you know, I want to make sure that I use you next time. So first impression is a lasting impression. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you're right. The first impression, last impression there, they see your van being that organized and that clean. They know you're going to take care of their car. So they don't even worry. It's in that right there. Stop some of the callbacks alone because they're more understanding. If something does happen, like, Hey, this guy's going the extra mile with his own stuff. He's definitely going the extra mile with my stuff. And if something happens, well, make it right. And we'll be okay. That's right. That's correct. And, And you know, it's funny. I learned when I was doing my thing at Jiffy Lube was, you know, we used to wash all the customers' windows and vacuum their car. And it seemed like every time that there was a problem, it stemmed from, oh, well, you guys didn't clean my windows very good, so I was wondering how good of a job you did on everything else. And I checked my oil and it was low, or you didn't even change my air filter like you were supposed to, or you didn't top off my wiper fluid. Like, the simplest of things that we do can lead to a catastrophe or a larger issue than really should have ever been existed. Well, mistakes will always happen Mm -hmm. and floppy work will always come back to haunt you. But the little extras that you can do, usually as James says, will um, sometimes save you a callback or two. And every time you save, I always tell some of my clients on the consulting end is go sharpen a pencil and figure out what it really costs when you have to go do callbacks. I want to know how much gas you burn, how much you value your truck's wear and tear, how much it costs for that technician's uh, salary and benefits, and how much it costs for materials to redo it. How many, if you break the glass, I want to know that. And put it all together and figure out how much you just gave away. Because that's exactly what you did. Now, something you can't always put on paper is how much ill will you created with that customer yep. by having to go back a second or third time. And word of mouth is very important still in this day and age. And a bad review or a unhappy customer because of comebacks will hurt you way more than 15 positive reviews. That's correct. It's like we talk about... No, go ahead, bud. You, you, you. I was going to say, it's like, it's like we talk about, you know, the sacrifices we make as business owners to not make a lot of money on a job with the hopes that it could turn into more, right? It's it's the small sacrifice for the large gate. Kind of the opposite of that, right? Like that that one one unhappy customer turns into how many non customers where one happy customer turns into how many yeah. more happy customers. Yeah. So Bob, how important is it to track your warranty so you know that on paper? Oh God. I You can't fix anything if you don't track it. If you, the the beauty with tracking your callbacks is you can, it will pinpoint what you need to train. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Agreed. If you don't, if you've got a a leak right above the rear view mirror on multiple callbacks, 
but you've never paid attention to it, right? You don't know what You'll to never fix. know what to fix. Yep. It could be as simple as these guys are put, taking that that wire cover and puncturing the urethane right above the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's simple enough to train. Or if there's a leak right above the driver's corner all the time, they're not using cups. They're using their hands. And the oils from their hands are causing leaks there. Yeah. It's, you know, it's... It's a it's an indicator of the training you need to to go to. Yep. If you don't so know what it I, is, you don't know how to fix it. That's right. And so I I I, I once asked a, a company and I won't bring him up, but I <laughs> thought he had he had branches in five states. And I asked him what his callback rate was. And he goes, Oh, I don't know. I go, you don't track it? He goes, no. I go, holy cow, how can you possibly know how much those callbacks cost you a year in terms of revenue yeah. and profits if you don't track it? Especially that big. I mean, you oh, God. Five states, how much yes. money you must be leaving repetitively, continuously? I bet you it's in the millions. And then the training opportunities he's missing out on that his employees will feel valued and invested in if he takes the time to train them and help them fix their mistakes because he's tracking them and he knows what they are. That's right. And he had a fairly good training outfit. I went in there and trained them originally, but then they went and took some of their better people and made them trainers. But they didn't know what to train mm -hmm. except the, the general knowledge but if you have specifics your even your trainers would be more efficient yep, yep. train your trainers right train your trainers. yeah uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna throw something out i don't it's related to this but when it comes to like employees bob if, if you've done this or how how you handled it james however your 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 work handles it so and i would imagine it would stem from having a lot of warranties how how much of that do you put back on the customer or on the I'm sorry on the employee as far as like responsibility paying for parts or not paying them and I guess a lot of that would have to do with state labor laws but I do I do hear of it so that's why I ask. Well, it went, well I'm from a typically normal state where we paid by the hour, not by the job. We gave. Uh, every year we give them reviews. We had our own training program. We tracked our callbacks. We, we hinged their increases based on callback rates and percentage of customer uh, comment card returns. So, you know, to get a good job or, or to get a good raise, your callback rates have to be down. Right, and you have to have pretty good customer service out in the field. Yeah, and that's basically it. Now, <clears throat> I've heard some people who pay by the job, and for every callback they get, they lose payment on one job or something. Wow. I personally, I don't like paying by the job. 
because that makes them take shortcuts because the more jobs they do, the more money they make. So that means they're going to cut corners where you don't want them to. So that's how we used to do it. Um, Fair enough. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, but that's just the way, you know, there's other ways that you can do it. All right, so I'm going to switch the the conversation. We're coming up on 48 minutes, so we've got like 10 minutes, and then I'm going to uh, kind of dwindle it down. But how influential is this Maryland bill going to be for other states? And is that the policing that we need to hold shops accountable for performing jobs correctly? Um. Historically, state legislators don't influence the entire industry. Unfortunately, I wish it did. Mm-hmm. Now, the AGSC is going a little bit farther than they used to with their uh, lobbyist. Their lobbyist is starting on the East Coast, obviously, where the AGSC home offices are, and they're working uh, over there to influence state legislators to accept and regulate glass shops using our standard. And some states are very forward on this. Others are not. Um, obviously, the the uh, anti-regulatory type states are more against it than the more liberal-minded states. Um, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with regulation as much as guidelines myself. Mm-hmm. Um I, but I do believe in licensing. That's, it's just in me. Mm-hmm. I think that someone who's dealing with the safety of the American public, they at least need to be licensed. If someone who cuts your hair needs to be licensed, why don't we need to be licensed? Now, do you want See, that policed? Like the licensing, do you want some form of like pe- someone to go out and check, uh, or or how how would you like that to be distributed? Licensing. I think it should have a minor written test yearly when they re up. Re up with the state or re up with uh... re up with with the state. Okay. I don't think you could ever go federal on this. But I think if you go and get licensing, Connecticut went a little bit overboard. Mm-hmm. They've got, you know, hundreds of hours of training and all of this kind of stuff. You take the test, and then it's a matter of how much money they collect. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it should be a lot less than that. Number one, yes, prove you had some training. I agree with that. I wouldn't put any amount of hours on there. 
because it all depends on the training. Yeah. Secondly, I would say the best way to measure if they're on top of things is a yearly re-up test. When you go and get recertified or re, I'm sorry, re-licensed, that you take a minor 25-point test, 30-point mm-hmm. test of the newest technology to see if they're up on it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you go into Wisconsin and you uh, want to get re-upped, uh, it's not just collecting the money. You go in, they give you a written test on, let's say, ADAS. All right. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily whether you are an ADAS calibrator or not, but do you know what it is? What does ADAS stand for? What does what does uh, what features on an automobile is considered ADAS? Yeah. How much does the windshield contribute to ADAS? Mm-hmm. All right. Just those little questions, asking 20, 25 questions. If he gets you know what 80% correct mm-hmm. you get relicensed if you don't you have to go back and get trained and get relicensed okay and you get a, a, a learner's permit <laughs> gotcha gotcha yeah okay so um, how would one who is listening to you Bob um get involved in helping with their regulations, their state, the licensing, how would one go about the best way for one to go about getting involved? Talk to everyone you can, including your representatives. You know, I don't care if you are uh, a Democrat and they're a Republican or they're a Republican, you're a Democrat, talk to them anyway. Mm-hmm. And not just to them. Talk to the guys in the bar. Talk to your card buddies. Talk to your bowling team. Talk to everybody and get them talking about it. And even if, even if you don't get licensing in your state, by talking to everybody you know, you're saving lives because they will be better consumers Mm -hmm. for that discussion. And by being a better consumer, they're going to pick the right companies. And those right companies will improve in terms of profits. They'll grow. They will improve. And everyone will be good for it. Now, if it does go to licensing, I'll applaud you and thank you profusely. (laughs) But I think that's where we need to go is just talk it up. Yep just talking right now and getting everything moving. And I think with the connectivity of everybody having the ability to talk to anybody across any continents. And I think that that could turn into something very useful if people get out of their own ego and just start listening and start talking to people and informing the public and making the public have outlets for better choices by doing the job correctly across the board in our industry. You know, even this, James, your podcast, it's a great communication tool. And 
and and even if you are on X or on Instagram or or Threads or whatever there's out there, <clears throat> talk it up. Yeah, talk it up to prove to people that what you guys do and what we do is important to the well-being of them and their family. And if you get that across, they will be better consumers. And by better consumers, meaning everyone will benefit from it. Agreed. Okay, so I'm going to give you this time to promote our venture together, the AGU, we've got and your Autoglass Consultants. How can they get a hold of you? What classes are coming up? And just the benefits of doing something like that. Okay. Uh, we Our February class only has two seats left. And that's in uh, Huntersville, North Carolina, which is near Charlotte, North Carolina. Our next one will be in April. And it will be at uh, Carlex in Nashville, Tennessee. Carlex, we've gone there several times the last few years. It's always a popular class because on the Friday afternoon, we close the class at, at Friday at noon. After that noon, they give you a free tour of the largest glass plant in the country from raw materials, sand, soda ash, limestone, dolomite, to the finished windshield, the only one of its kind in America. Yep, yep. And it's a it's a beautiful facility. It's well taken care of, and it's a very interesting tour. Um, and that's coming in April and in June. Uh, now, you can go on our website at autoglassuniversity.org. Which is the on, or which is the hands-on course? You can get everything you need to know, dates, uh, places to go, what's in the course, every the people who teach the courses, everything you need to know. It's on that site. We also have AutoglassUniversity.com, which is a which is our online course. Now, you, all of you guys who have done Autoglass for any amount of time realize you can't learn Autoglass installation by book learning. It just can't. Mm -hmm. You've got to get your hands on the tools. However, those of you out there that have never taken an Autoglass installation course, it's an excellent tool by which to learn the most current information that is out there in safe autoglass installation. You don't have to buy the whole course unless you want a diploma, but you can take each module you want and get a certificate for each module. So that's autoglassuniversity.com. That's the online course and the autoglassuniversity.org is the hands-on course. We will have other courses later in the year. We haven't got the locations as much as uh, uh, for those later ones uh, yet, but we will have them every other month for the rest of the year. 
anyone out on the West Coast, if you've got a location and would like to host an AGU, and what we're talking about is California, Washington State, Oregon, Nevada, Arizona, any of those states out West, we haven't been there for a couple of years. And if you want to host an AGU, we'll be more than happy to talk to you. So that's what we've got. We're very proud of AGU. We're very proud of the instructors we have instructing it. It's one of the most affordable auto glass replacement educational courses there are. And it is recognized by insurance companies and everyone else out there. So it's a pretty impressive course. I am very proud of it. And I'm proud to be part of it. And I am one of the instructors. So, <laughs> so, so I'm a little biased there as well. Um, yes, guys go on, uh, get educated. Um, you know how I feel. You've listened to the show enough, everyone, how I feel about education and just investing in yourself. And even if your company won't do it for you, uh, take the money and invest in yourself because you won't regret going to any form of a classroom learning when it comes to our industry. You just won't. It's, it, it is what will separate you from the rest. It's just in my opinion. I forgot to also, I also have an 800 number if they want it. Absolutely. Give them the 800 number. I'm sorry. I forgot. It's, it's 1-800-695-5418. There you go, guys. You can also, if you don't want to do the online, you could call up and talk to uh, Bob and Ann and get yourself in a seat. There are two seats left for February. This uh, show is probably going to come out Wednesday because I already released one today. So this uh, February, there's two seats left. And as of right now, the Nashville class has plenty of seats left. Uh, so just, you know, get on and get yourself registered and come out and see us. But don't forget that the Nashville class fills up quick. And yeah. once we reach the 15 seats, we end it. Yeah. So, so yeah, you better the sooner get... <laughs> you sign up, the better off you're going to be. Yes, absolutely. Just don't wait until the last minute because you could potentially miss your opportunity to come to Nashville, April and June. Pick one of those dates and then lock it in, and then lock yourself into a seat because those seats do go fast. Yes, they do. So, all right. Well, thank you, Bob, for uh, hanging out with us today and giving us that wealth of information. I do appreciate you coming on and I appreciate your time. So I just want to thank you and uh, hold on one second on the line. Okay. Okay. No problem. Thank you, James. That was Bob Baranek from AGU and Autoglass Consultants. Hey, everybody, if you need a pro set, get a hold of Jeff Chris. He is your ProSet distributor with uh, two weeks. You'll be shipped. He, uh, he also provides some uh, videos on the tool, how to set it up, how to do it. Um, so he will take the support into a new level. So texasglassbiz at gmail.com. Drift Chris on all the socials. And it is 830-388. Three nine nine four. 
Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, I've been James, the Ghost Set Killer, and uh, I thank you and I love you. <laughs>